cliffcentral.com. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpacked with Superlead here at Cliff Central. So consider this, have you ever wanted to read more business and leadership books but you simply just don't have the time? Imagine you could read a book per week. How absolutely awesome will that be? I know a lot of us have got, you know, these demanding jobs and countless responsibilities. So our bookshelves, pretty as they are, and they look fabulous on those as backgrounds to Zoom calls and team meetings, they end up being filled with more books we want to read than those that we have read. My name is Mandaj Flaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and a leadership coaching organization. On this show, we deep dive into a leadership topic per week. And we anchor that topic on a leadership book that we feature per episode. We do our utmost best to share actionable insights that will help you advance your leadership excellence. On studio here, I'm joined by Ngobile Ngobo, who is a director at Alpha International. Ngobile, welcome to today's show. Thank you, Manda. It's good to be here to unpack another book. I think like everyone listening, you get so many key takeaways from the previous week that you're unpacking and you come into this. I'm excited for this week to dive into another essential, which gives a clue to the book as well. <laughs> Lovely. And today we're talking about uh, uh, this this key question, really, which is especially that comes out now as the year begins and um and even as people get new jobs and etc cetera, etc cetera, you know people are thinking how do i make my biggest contribution how do i make the biggest impact and perhaps how do we get the best results from our team okay put it differently how do we win big this year and um you know, how do I make my mark if you do it? And, and oftentimes I, I get a call, like someone says, Hey, Manda, I have uh, been promoted. I'm now a senior manager in this IT department. You know, how do I crack it? How do I like, you know, uh, hit it off the park? Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Because on the other hand, sometimes same person, they will call and say, Hey, uh, you know, you check in a few months later and you know, this, the volume of work, the stress, the anxiety, you name it. Uh, um, and today we want to sort of say both camps, you absolutely can make your biggest contribution and um, and we're going to unpack that. We have a perfect, perfect book for that one. Mm, yes, the book this week is Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCown. And it's really around this idea that less is more. <laughs> <laughs> that, that if we give ourselves permission to stop trying to do it all, to stop saying yes to everyone, then we can make our highest contribution towards the things that really matter. Lovely, lovely. So now we, uh, um, I know you're, you're, you're listening, uh, and we would like you to consider this question as, as we go through this conversation today. It's a really a couple of truncated questions. And we we'll really like for you to consider them as seriously as you can. I know it's a Friday and we wanna take it easy. Um but truly have you ever found yourself or perhaps currently stretched too thin? Mm-hmm. And most adults know what that means. You know, feeling a little way overworked and still somehow inside you kind of feel Way underutilized uh, You know perhaps you know you're constantly Busy in motion In flux in some instances But you kind of never Fully feel like you're getting anywhere Or perhaps you know getting to reach that goal 
you know, some of you might say, no, I don't belong to that camp. You know, I'm on the more optimistic side, almost like me, more enthusiastic to say, hey, this year started and I've set some incredibly, massively important goals for myself and my team, perhaps. And uh, I want to figure out the best possible way uh, to achieve those. Uh, I would like us to consider these questions as as um as we unpack this book today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really great questions as we move forward in this conversation. I think the key thing that jumps out to me from that que- those questions you asked is, are you feeling overworked and underutilized? Yeah. That is such a big emptiness that so many of us feel. And you said adults, but I actually think because of the culture of work we live in, that even like younger people, teenagers, sure. already start already to, feel, to feel this. This is such an important conversation to be having. Sure. And the pressure for the teenagers and the school and the work and you're gonna be great at everything and the sports and academia and and all the the many aspects that come with being a teenager, which uh, which um, which are fun. Um, yes. they they bring a lot of good memories. Um, <laughs> so so also just to kind of create some context to link back, yeah. right? Um, and we never want to just jump from episode to episode. I, I'm keen to to know Nobile uh, from last week's. Maybe a brief summary of some of your key takeouts. We spoke about strength-based leadership. Yes, so I'm really excited for everyone listening. If you guys took away homework last week, please do share with us because I'm going to share my homework. I'm going to be the only student in class who comes up with my homework. But last week we focused on the book Strength-Based Leadership by Tom Roth and Barry Conchi. And it was a great follow-up to the first episode around purpose. And it talked really on these three things. Themes about the most effective leaders do three things, invest in their strengths and their team strengths, surround themselves with the right people, and then maximize their team, and they understand their followers' needs. And what I loved about that conversation is that there's an actionable first step we can all take, which is to do a strengths based <laughs> test and figure out what are our strengths Absolutely. and do I relate to them. Yeah. Um, but one of the key things I took away, Amanda, that I've really been focusing on and thinking about this week is that when we're leading our of our strengths, we're more confident and secure Stunning. in our position, Stunning. and therefore we make room for others to lead. Lovely, you know, so lovely. Yes, yes, hey. yes. I think, I think, uh, I think you like you like the top student. Where did we find her? Do, uh, do you remember? Is this continuous assessment training? <laughs> <laughs> and she's not passing with like thirty three percent. This is like real passing. Uh, this is this is good. Um, Right, so so we want to continue on that, and on our first episode, really, we kicked off with this idea of living with leading with a purpose mindset, mm-hmm. unpacking a book by uh, by Christine Willen on finding your purpose. And what I truly love about that book is this idea that purpose is using your strength in keeping with your values and positively impacting. Others. So we unpacked strength last week, and I think it's about time we talk about how do you positively impact others. Mm. And that's how, that's why today we're talking about this book and the topics about making your biggest contribution, making that impact, making that, um, uh, you know, winning big, if it were. Mm. 
This is such an interesting conversation. As you say, how do you make our biggest impact? And we're sort of saying, by doing less. <laughs> it feels very counter, you know? Which is why I think it's such an important conversation for, for so many people to, to partake in. So should we dive right in? Let's do that. Yeah. Let, let's absolutely do that. So, um, you know, we'd like to start with sort of, you know, killing out the misconceptions. Yes. Right. Um, and then we also like to unpack the mindset shifts that we, we're going to sort of dive into. And then, you know, we get into the detail. So let's start. I think I'm going to start with, with one of the probably the biggest misconceptions. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Ready for it. I'm ready. That is to say we can do it all. Literally, we can fit everything. We can be like great at that and great at this, you know, like, you know, all rounder, like everything. We can achieve everything we set our minds at, mm. like everything. And the answer truly with a lot of humility is that we can't yeah. do everything. We can achieve something, but we can't do it all. Which is why it's incredibly important to sort of have massive, intense focus on the vital few rather than pursuing a million trivial many. Um, I like, I like what Greg talks about when he says, most of us are like running our life, making a millimeter sort of, uh, Improvement on a million things rather than really making massive impact on that just one thing. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I remember when I um, was starting in the organization I was starting with, I was speaking to one of the senior leaders and, you know, it was like you know, I was starting and there was so much to do and I didn't know where to start. And she said something. She said, there will always be a need. You have to focus on where you're needed. Or study. You know, and study. I remember like that. <laughs> I wish I'd remembered that more. <laughs> I went and I was like, that would have helped me a lot in the last few years. But uh, what a such an important There'll always moment. Be a need. Yeah. And, um, one of my favorite authors um, wrote the book Four Disciplines of Execution. The first um, discipline is focus. And they've got this thing that there will always be more good ideas yeah. than there is capacity to execute. Yes. And, uh, and most of us are not, are not necessarily are not not succeeding because we're not like clever or anything else. We just spread way way too thin, mm. and some of us are you know buckling under the pressure of controlling managers who want this and that and that. And um, I was talking to our producer earlier, and 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 as we unpack this, we're gonna show you and empower you to say no. <laughs> and it's just like no 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 no. I wanna say yes, <laughs> and, and, and that will. Be be one key um, element because because uh, I love the quote in the book there are really no solutions but there are always trade-offs wow. right and and most people are trying to find solutions to everything yeah I can do that I can do that I can do that but then we forget that it's just about balancing you know if I do this I won't be able to do that if I go out tonight I won't be able to be at home with the kids if I do that I won't be able to do the other and that's where it gets tricky. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how do we start that? You know, when we look at this, uh, this idea of less is more, that there will always be a lot to do, you know, where do we dive in? I know Greg McCown talks about non-essentialists and essentialists, you know, so how do we, how do we lean into essentialism and not non-essentialism? <laughs> 
Oh, good one. So, so, so let let me just maybe because uh, uh, we haven't defined uh, this sort of essentialism yes. by uh, Greg. You know, he calls essentialism uh, it's a disciplined, systematic approach for determining where your highest point of contribution lies, and then making execution of those things super effortless. Wow. Right, so like there's a ton of work that says this is my biggest place to make contribution. Like this, 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 and only this, right? Mm-hmm. Because we kind of dispel that misconception that, you know, you can make massive contribution everywhere. And we spoke about it, uh, I think last week about, you know, you can't fix everything in the world. Yes. There's a part for you to play. So that's, that's the piece, right? And, and, um, when he separates the essentialism and non-essentialism, he actually calls people to say, okay, you're an essentialist uh, because you behave in this way, or you're a non-essentialist because you behave in this way. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of uh, where where the big differences lie. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll sort of unpack as you ask um, yeah. what sort of those two do. Yeah. So he says the non-essentialist, you know, they want to kind of do all things Like mm-hmm. everything is important But the essentialists kind of think about life to say Only less, but better And maybe let me pause here Because most people are like, yeah, yeah, less is more But no, it's not okay. <laughs> It's like, le- because it's Some people will listen to this and say Okay, I'm going to cut out a lot of things I'm going to clean out my mailbox You know, I'm going to take out this and that that's an easy way out And that's like a pseudo-essentialism The true essentialism is to say What doing the hard work to figure out Your highest level of contribution And then eliminating the rest mm-hmm. So if to just cut out Like okay I don't know if you've seen on social media Like uh, every now and again you see someone saying No, I'm cutting out all fre- all kinds of friends Etc, etc Yes Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you have never gone through the process of cutting, cutting out people and like um, toxic friends they call them. Yeah, and then but like you haven't defined. So if you're cutting those ones, who do you really want to keep? Yes. Who yes. are those non-toxic folks? Yeah. Uh, if it were. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's almost like when we say less is more, it's like we're not finishing the sentence. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, it's like less is more fulfilling or less is more. Yeah. Know? And I love what he says in the book. It's not about doing like less stuff or more things. It's about doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's the framework that we approach it. Yeah. That we approach it with, which I, I think is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and uh, with this thing, right? So nine essentialists they wake up and they do stuff because they have to, right? Mm. And the shift is to move away from have to to I choose to. And we spoke about this in the very first uh, episode. I get to, right? Yes. That, that sort of says that you have choice. You know, you know, nine essentialists will think, yeah, it's all important. It's in my diary. You know, I got all. You know, how many emails do you get? And truly, like three emails are. Truly important this uh, this week, and the essentialist kind of approach is to say only a few things really and truly matter, mm-hmm. um, and non-essentialists kind of think, hey, I can fit it all in, yeah. uh, and as we know. So how do we balance? Because maybe what you're doing every day, you know, your job or your what you have to do is a long list of things to do. You know, and maybe you have managers saying, you know, I, I need all of this ticked off by this week or the end of this week. So then how do we 
So what are we saying about that kind of a person? Like, <clears throat> how do you become an essentialist if your job is to complete a long list of duties? <laughs> this is a very practical question. Why are you I laughing? Can, I, <laughs> I know there is one person <laughs> in the audience who is asking that I question. Can, I can hear. I can hear. Right, right. So, so before we get to the how to, man is laughing at. Frustration. No, no, no. <laughs> like you know, that was, that was coming deep. Like it's not like the the. It's it's not like so you guys understand yeah, each other. And like, <laughs> it's, it's not like the, the the discussion guide we have got. It's like okay now, solve for me. <laughs> Alright, uh, no, really. you know, you know, you know, you know. We care about you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. So, so let's, let's, let's get to this. So let's start with, <laughs> let's start here. So we'll do the how to's, but I think the first battle needs to be won in the mind, right? Yes, yes. So let's talk about the mindsets, three key mindsets that needs to be true mm-hmm. before we get to the how to's and all how to's will never f- help us unless we kind of address the mindsets. Yes. First one is that wait for it. You have a choice. Wow. You have agency. Okay. So if we don't believe in the idea that you as an individual, you have a choice in what you can, do, what you want to do today, then most of what you're going to talk about might start to, you know, go over your head. And the idea really is that you can choose how to spend your energy and your time mm-hmm. and your resources. Right. And, and, and we'll unpack this because I know most of us are like, no, 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 no. I'm like crumbling under this controlling boss. They need like 17 other things. And we'll unpack how you sort of survive that space. Mm. The second mindset is that almost everything else is noise. To accept mm. that there's a, a, a prevalence of noise on the day to day. I mean, just open your mailbox and you kind of go truly. And with this mindset that says everything I received here is just noise. There's three or four s- pure signals. Mm. Right. And the third mindset is accepting the reality of trade-offs. Um, to know that y- you can't have it all or do it all. If you do the other, you are trading that time for doing the other. Mm. Sure. So, 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 how, are you comfortable accepting the, the three mindset changes? Yeah. I think each one, there's so much to unpack in that. So you have, we all have a choice yeah. and agency that no matter what I've been tasked with doing, I have a choice of like what I start with, what I put, you know, the most focus into, you know, how I execute it. Am I interpreting that correctly? You're interpreting it correctly, but I want to push a little bit. Yes. Which is, you know, most of us are sort of um, battling under this uh, concept they call land land helplessness, right? Wow. So the more someone takes charge of making your choices on what you must do, you know, either as a parent or a big sister or a boss or a teacher, can I almost constantly telling you what to do in the face of what you really want to do? Over time, most people bend to sort of accept that maybe I can't make a choice. Mm. And when we forget our ability to choose, we learn to be helpless. We literally wake up in the morning and say, I, 
am just waiting for this other person to run my life. Wow. Um, and, and many people are there. Mm. And, and, and to sort of fight that and go against that. Phil, the, the idea that you have choice for many people is like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I do because my boss sent me this long list of stuff, which we will talk, kind of talk about how you handle that in a moment. But we want to just kind of remind you and maybe ask our listeners to say, do you feel that you have agency? Uh, as you're listening to us right now, to what extent at what parts of your life, as you're listening to us, are you sort of at that state of land helplessness where you're just no longer choosing for yourself um, how to how to go forward? Sure, that went a lot deeper than I expected. <laughs> I thought you meant I have a choice which email to open first. <laughs> You've gone a lot deeper, but I think it's so, it's actually so important that this idea of learned helplessness, I've never heard that term before. Um, but I'm actually understanding it, um, so deeply that we're, in many ways, some of us are conditioned to that we don't actually have a choice in what we do or our path in life. Yeah. And so we, it's sort of a, sort of seeps into other areas of our lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's why the idea of, um, you know, when I coach people sometimes, so, and we, our first coaching, you know, we'll do the chemistry and then we kind of do the goal setting stage, mm. right? And then you say, yeah, let's talk about your goals. And it's just such a difficult conversation for, for some people, some coaches, because this idea that they can set a goal that they can truly pursue, that they can, that, that they have agency, they can decide their path. And it's, it's been, and it's not knocked by one big blow. It's like a drip by drip. It's a, it's an inch, you know, it's kind of like knocked slowly but surely. And over time, you just like wake up and say, okay, Nobile, what must I do today? Almost like you might not verbalize that, but like you're sort of sitting there kind of waiting. The, the, the second one, uh, as we kind of spoke about is this idea of prevalence of noise. And most of us don't because there's so much, uh, there's so much, it's not so much information overload, yeah. but it's opinion overload, right? Because information, most, almost all generations feel like there's information overload. Yeah. But what we have now with the social media and the social pressure, it's opinion overload. Like everyone's like, oh, you must do that. You must go there. You must do this. You're listening to us now. We're selling you an opinion, right? <laughs> I, I, my producer was sold an opinion about saying yes all the time to everything <laughs> for the whole year. <laughs> I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Um, and, 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 uh, and, and we sort of live in this ton of opinions yes. that we can't pick up. What the real, real true signal is And that mm. really needs work Wow So should I ask How do we start <laughs> to pick out From the noise Because you know? we can't stop it there to say like you know, there's, so much, there's so much noise so we struggle to pick Like, How do we then What is the mindset shift there Around that idea of the prevalence of noise Yeah so the, the mindset shift there is There's only truly Few essential things Okay. Uh, I see this when I work with corporates. Like, yeah, yeah, so what's your strategy? So we do the strategy work. And oftentimes you get this long list of bullet points mm. to no end, right? And then I sit, I sit and read through this thing. And then I need a nap uh, immediately <laughs> after, after reading that stuff. Because, and the first thing you notice, you, 
It's like, guys, you have got so much capacity to execute. Yes. There is no way you will do this. Uh, that's one. Number two, you realize that every other big word that's all over the you know the management literature is inserted in these in these mm-hmm. in these bullet points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna like customer centric and big data, and we're gonna low cost, and but we're gonna go for high value. I mean, it's just like. Uh, on the noise of all the management advice, most strategies are packed with all of these long bullet points because people haven't had the time to kind of figure out what is clear, clearly my purpose and my intent. Um, in the book, Greg talks about this, um, Southwest Airlines, you know, they've got a low cost strategy and they, you know, they were doing incredibly well and they do a lot of practices. So what other airlines started to do looking at the profits, they started to copy some elements of Southwest, right? Mm. So Southwest, you know, does eliminate a lot of things so that they can remain low cost. So these high value kind of airlines, they start to have this thing called sort of, this speaks about continental airlines, continental light. Mm-hmm. So you've got this big strategy of kind of going at high value customers and then and then you also have this thing here with the low cost and you absolutely can't sort of walk there and be here at mm-hmm. the same time mm-hmm. and you won't be able to make all the right uh, decisions mm-hmm. then you do what uh, Michael Porter talks uh, says straddling right because mm-hmm. you can't make it up my mind you can pick up what's Truly pure and signal for you, then you struggle. You have like multiple options open, yeah, um, and you end up going away. Okay, wow, that's really good. And the third, the third mindset you spoke about, accepting the reality of trade-offs. Yeah, yeah, because the problem there, and I must be honest with you, I feel like. This book is just like me going through it. It's like a confession of all the things I do wrong. Because <laughs> um, when we have this thing that you could be everything, do all things, mm. um, you you sort of say that you sort of kind of go against the real principle that you know everything has got its own trade off. You know, you could be in vendor and be in job back at the same time. Um, I, I, I I'm ashamed to wanna confess here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's see if I can. But anyway, um, I remember a day where this hit me hard. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about it. I found myself in this virtual work on three meetings at the same time. What? <laughs> <laughs> three meetings. And and some of them were just like, and some of it was just some workshop I was interested in, and like uh, I'm listening in, and then some of them like someone kind of asked me to sit in some forum, you know, contribute here and there, and then there was a real meeting, right? Um, <laughs> so so I got a te- I got a I got my laptop, I got a tablet, and I got a phone. Right, so the tablet has got its own uh, speaker, yes. and then uh, the tablet has. Uh, so the laptop has got its own speakers, and the tablet has got this. I got this uh, um, earpods, and then I and for the phone, I've got these big earphones. Right, so no. so every now and again, I, like I'm taking one off. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, that concept is boring, and then I'm dialing in this <laughs> thing, and then at the end of that, I'm like, was that workshop really like? 
important. Um, did I really have to? And uh, the second one I was part of, I just said yes out of guilt. You know, like, you know, people sort of ask, hey man, would you kind of, and then I'm like, do I really want to like destroy my life this way by just falling into the trap of just saying yes to please, right? Yes. Um, and I don't know if I did well in the meeting that I was supposed to be yes, on. I know yeah. you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine what happened. So that's, that's when we fail the test mm. of Truly appreciating that there are trade-offs. Yes. And from there onwards, I said, you know what? I know, you know, we need to meet. You really love for me to lean in and kind of contribute. But I have this one meeting and I'm just going to be in in one place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And accepting that there will be some people who get disappointed. I think the idea of disappointing people is probably what's hard as well. In that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, 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 yeah, not that I've Thank done you all. for sharing. <laughs> yeah, I'm in this one place, right? Oh, and here's the big mis- misconception, right? So, this idea that we can multitask. So, we can multitask, but, oh, sure, before I get gotta, killed yeah. by my producer, <laughs> oh, before I get in trouble, we can multitask, but we can't multifocus. That's good. Okay. And when we accept that, we know that if we can't focus, then we can't truly have the biggest impact in all the elements that we're doing. Wow. Is it time to now dive into the how-tos? <laughs> because the mindset shift is a lot. And I think I would, I want to like listen back to what you've just said, because I think those mindset shifts are important. But I think that idea of like looking at those misconceptions and then saying, okay, so now how do we move into this idea of being able to focus better, yeah. to prioritize better, yeah, so that we can really... Be our best. Lovely. I like. I like you asked this. Uh, I'm gonna come to the to the, the three things we're gonna talk about. But this word prioritize better. Mm. You know, uh, it talks about in the book that the word priority literally entered the English language in the 1400s. Yes. And in its original form, it meant the first thing, yeah. the prior thing. Almost like that one thing. Yeah. And then in the 1900s, uh, 500 years later, we kind of changed that. Yeah. To kind of call it priorities. Yes. Because it was meant to be a singular thing. Yeah. And now you end up with like 15 priorities, like, which is a little bit. An, an oxymoron, like, yes. and then you got the first thing, and the first thing, and the first thing here and there, um, and this is exactly this idea of really not accepting uh, trade-offs. All right, let's let's dive in. So, <laughs> three steps to really get you to the path uh, to becoming an essentialist, and 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 then truly making the biggest contribution where you can make it, and truly maximizing the probability. Of you winning big. Alright, let's the fi- let, should we wow, do the first one? This is a moment. You see it, your pen out, your right. head's out. <laughs> <laughs> this is that, <laughs> this is it. Okay. Alright, let's do this. Okay, the first one is explore. Explore. Okay. Oh, right. And then the second one is eliminate. Okay. And the third one is execute. Yes. Right. So they all start with E to kind of just make it make easy, easy for you, right? <laughs> e for easy. Can I just jump in? I love leadership books because of this. <laughs> They do. Three E's, the six E's, the four A's, and the four P's. (laughs) 
sorry. That was just and, an interview. And, uh, you know, the, the funny one is this. The funny one is like you can see that the seventh P really doesn't fit. But like, we didn't find another to, like, word open for up it. the dictionary. Yeah, I, I could spend like a week trying to find the seventh P. You awesome. Know, so we have the three okay. P's. Okay, cool. Right, let's focus. <laughs> let's focus. Right. So let's talk about the first E. Fezzi is explore. And really the, 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 the key here is that essentialist, um, to really live a, a life of true essentialism, you need to explore as broadly as you can so that you can then pick the one or two where you can commit and go big on. Okay. Okay. The opposite is Hey, can we do this? And then you don't explore. Then you just say yes, right? And then someone says, hey, this. And then you say yes. And then that. And then you say yes. And then you look back. If you do a yes inventory, you have said so many yeses. Some of them are contradictory. And, and you kind of have no idea who you really are anymore. And you're under pressure to just please there, please there, please yes. the other. So when you're presented with an opportunity, hey, which job would you like to do? Then the idea is to truly explore the breath and the everything that is possible until you say, this is the one I want to do. Mm, that's really, really good. I like it because in the book, Greg McCann uses this example of like picking clothes or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like trying on a whole lot of different things and saying like, this is, this is what I want to wear often. This is the thing that I know that I feel comfortable in. in yeah. Zone in. Yeah. And, and when you talk eliminate, you get rid of the rest yes. because it's creating clutter in the wardrobe. Yes. So what we. A of Marie Kondoing. <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, and what we do with life, right? We kind of say, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to keep like the 17 other options open. And then you create a ton of mental loading because you're doing this, but you're still processing all the other options and you're, Partially saying yes to them, right? Uh, and then you're disappointing everyone in the process. Yeah. And, and, uh, we won't touch on all the elements because of time, but he, he suggests there's like five things. So of course we, we need these bullet points, right? There's five yeah. things to do, uh, to really kind of get this exploration right, right? Okay. You want the space to think. You want to sort of have this, give yourself permission to play. You want to kind of create enough time for you to look and listen and um and and you want to have uh this is the hardest one this this is another confession time you want to have the wisdom to sleep yeah literally sleep yeah true sleep <laughs> like you know you know I, i've i've uh yeah, you know, this is, this is the hard part because like yeah. he's kind of saying this idea of sleeping three, four, five hours is not ideal. Yes. You know, you gotta like sleep longer and allow the brains to make the connections and all of that stuff. So this is the hardest one for me. I'm, I'm working <laughs> progress. And then the fifth piece is create for yourself an extreme criteria for making the choice. Right, so you're exploring a lot. Don't keep the bar too low because like a lot of those options will, will, will kind of come through. So, uh, just to kind of make this a little bit practical, space to think, right? I think, uh, our phones and the number of things we are involved in literally just shuts 
the door into thinking uh, like mm. you, you wake up and then you're already bombarded and just there's just no time to think about anything anymore yeah. and i never would have started super lead really because i was busy and i was on the go and there's just many things on the go and for me it took almost this extreme action of going Away to a silence retreat, right? So, yeah. And that was brutal. And like, <laughs> literally went away for four days and check yourself in. It's, there's no phone, nothing. Wake up, sleep, eat, read, walk around, repeat for four Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> no emails, no phone calls, no talking uh, Wednesday. Thursday, when I came out of there, I had such clarity oh. of the next step to take, sure. and one of that led me to sort of handing a resignation. I was successful, head of Dal Direct, doing well, winning awards all over the place. But out of that place, I I found it clarified my purpose. Yes, um, and I have learned to create a ton of this. Time of thinking yeah. I, I will cycle four hours And you just under the helmet Out at the cradle And just processing the week yeah. And the connections that come through that It's just incredible Sure, that's so powerful So to creating the space for yourself to think yeah. yeah Um. So, so and there's a bunch of stuff that people can try right? I mean one of my weirdest things to do not, uh, Lately is to Is to play a round of golf alone Right So like <laughs> Uh, like uh, for 18 holes, four hours alone. And literally go check there and say, there is no one there. And I go book that slot. And I know most golfers are like, what? Are you crazy? You know, <laughs> golf is time for you to be out there with your mates, etc. But when I really, truly need to process something, mm. pick up my golf clubs, walk that full 18 holes all by myself. Yeah. I come out of there almost a different person. Sure. Some people that might be a long drive, other people. Like exactly. Just, yeah. But whatever it is, please find that time to think mm. and explore the options. Great. Good. So there's a, there's a bunch more there that if we had more time, we can talk about, but, um, but I think it will be great to move to the eliminate stage. Yes. Yeah. So what do we, what do we mean by eliminate? Yeah, this is like kind of having this ability to say no, but gracefully. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and this is this is the big one, right? Um, because people often say yes, including myself, to please. Yes. And there's there's a number of things that you know I suggest in the book. We won't cover all of them, but the first thing that will empower you to say no is to separate. The decision to say no from the person you're saying no to. Yeah, that's good. So to say no to a request is not saying no to a relationship. So sure, Amanda, say that again. <laughs> so <laughs> <I'll snap with laughs> so so your boss says, "Hey, can you do this for me?" And you say no, which we're gonna unpack maybe some of the ways to say no. You're not saying no to the boss. Employee relationship mm. If your sister asks you for something Hey can you come over and take care of the kids this weekend But you already had You know the other things you wanted to do To say not your sister It's not to deny the relationship Between the mm. two of you mm. So so whenever people say ask us for stuff We kind of put the Heaviness of that relationship The whole of it 
like we put it in this little decision to say yes or no. Okay. Wow. That's a really important thing for all of us to learn. And I suppose that's also a culture shift within teams, organizations as well, is to be able to have the culture where someone can say, um, I'd love to help with this, but I can't do that now because I need to focus on this. Oh, I already have another commitment. Yes. And I, I want to just invite our listeners in here and just kind of ask, you know, when when was the last time you said yes and you knew deep down that the answer was supposed to be no? Wow. <laughs> All right, I think our producer is gonna is, is ready to box me or confess. We can create a little window yet, studio, like a confession, like like room, right? Yeah. We can do that. Um, but like, you may want to consider that more more seriously around um just giving away too many yeses mm. and and not all the the requests have the same gravity um and impact on the whole relationship yeah so the second thing is um uh you want to be you want to be able to say no but not always using the word no because I think culturally we are afraid of the word, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you, you know, you may have some, some, some things there, uh, especially you, you, my good friend, you like, you like to say yes. So here's, here's how you want to say no next time to your boss. You say, right, uh, hey, can you do, can you run that workshop? You say, yes. What should I deprioritize? Okay. <laughs> so, oh. so, so then you can throw back to whoever is asking you. Yeah. I've got this list of things. I was going to do this, but if you insist that I must run the workshop, of course, yes, I'd love to. But which of these should I deprioritize? Okay. okay. Very quickly, they tend to step back and go. Right, I, I do need you to finish that report. Okay, so don't worry, I'm going to ask him pure. Okay. Right. So, so if you still want to be able to say yes to everything. At least have your list here and say, Hey, I've, I'm working. I had a plan today. This is, I was going to, you know, produce that. I was going to do that. I was going to meet with Manda. I was going to do this and, and in this order of priority. But if I go and run the workshop, I need to deprioritize all of this. Are you comfortable? Yes. Yes. Okay. Chances are they say no. And what you're starting to do is you're starting to educate them that you have, you have choice. You wake up every day with the choice of what you want to do. And if they come to you, they need to have thought about how they're going to debate about your own choices. Yeah, yeah. That's how you start to gain that agency uh, slowly but surely. Uh, you, you know, you could also kind of say, hey, I would love to. I've made a commitment there. Hey, uh, let me check my calendar and get back to you. Like a bunch of many other kind of sentences can help you if you don't want to say the dreaded word no. Mm. That's really okay, good. okay, so I've won of our producer because at the, at first she was like, no, this is the year to say yes. <laughs> so, so, so she's converted. We can almost wrap up this show. Yeah, I think yeah. at the, uh, that, that's the exact reason why we came here just to, just for you, um, <laughs> just for you. Um, so, so uh, three more things are just uh, on this thing. Really, whenever you're about to say yes, you want to pause and think about the trade-off. Okay. Can you come to this meeting at 12? Um, uh, kind of create that space. And then think about if I say yes now, that means I promised my kids that I was going to pick them up from school at that same time. So what does that do? Mm. Um, so, so just think about all of the, the trade-off. And, and th- this is my favorite. Always remember that someone is selling something. 
Like like at any given point in time, they're telling you an idea, they're selling you an action you must go do, etc. And you know, if everyone is a salesperson, all salespeople know that some will be yes, some will be no. Mm. So it's okay. That's really good. So we've done explore, eliminate, and now execute. Now execute, and we don't have a lot of time. So, but the idea with execute is that you kind of re- remove all these obstacles. You've kind of said no to a bunch of stuff. One of the key idea in execution is creating this killer routine. Mm-hmm. Right, and we spoke about it when we spoke about commitment, which is sort of structuring your life such that you know you decide you want to do that. When you don't feel the passion to do that, the routine will carry you forward. I think on the execution, we can kind of just um, talk about uh, that piece. Yes, um, and maybe we could kind of because we have one of us in Pua, we can almost bring it to a close. What do you say? Yeah. Right. Maybe. So. As we conclude, oh, but there's, you know, some of you are like, um, how does this apply now for my team? I guess. Yes. Maybe we just touch that. Touch that yes. Very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> um, if you lead a team, mindset change, we did speak. Okay, everyone, everything to everyone. Like, you know, just saying yes to everything for your team is deadly. You want to kind of say, right, this team. Less but better We're going to focus mm-hmm. on these three things We're going to blow the doors off On customer centricity And building that app And uh, kind of scaling our sales capability Everything else, yeah, will continue But these are the three things We're going to blow our doors off If th- that list is 28 You know you're going to achieve Maybe one, at most four mm-hmm. Right, and then you're going to stress up everyone When you lead a team the big part of it is bringing in talent. Um, so, so you know, most team uh, leaders, you know, kind of get tired of this process of recruiting. So they just kind of, yeah, they kind of fit somewhat of a criteria. No, uh, you want to be ridiculously selective when mm. you're going to bring someone on board. Yeah. And also brutally and like honestly um, uh, sort of consider... Asking those that are not performing To go find another role Elsewhere where they can shine mm-hmm. You know what that means yeah. In English So, and, and, <laughs> and, and if you've got And you, as a team leader You have a responsibility to craft the strategy Stay away from this idea of straddling Like yeah we can do that We can do that, mm-hmm. we can do that And sort of kind of say Here is what we're going to focus on we're gonna be, we're gonna go after this customer at the, in this way, and this is sort of our positioning. Yeah, those guys do it that way, those guys do it that way, but here, this is what we're gonna do it. Yeah. No more straddling if you, if you, if you've got a, a strategy. And I wanna ask uh, uh, our leaders, those listening to us, when you truly reflect on what you're Key focus area, strategic objectives for this year. Are they coherent or there's a lot of struggling that have seeped through yes. your strategic pack? Um, really like for you to consider that. Um, um, and, and, uh, and maybe, you know, there's a bunch of things there, you know, with empowerment. Um, so, you know, focus on, on sort of what each team member's highest contribution could come from. Mm. And not just like, all right, everybody must kind of like do everything. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah like you, you must be a all rounder. We spoke mm. about this, uh, the last mm. time. Um, 
Cool those four Maybe be fine And then the rest They can pick up From the book Yeah Because I think What you've done Is you've You've started out With like the personal And then started With the team And so now In reading this book You can really begin To think about You know The organization And everything else That you want to Apply this to But that was really great I really encourage people To pick up Essentialism The Disciplined Pursuit Of Less By Greg McCowan Lovely As you've heard from Amanda There's a lot To unpack there Yeah So then let's conclude This way Yeah because some of you will violate these immediately at 10 o'clock. <laughs> right? Like, especially our producer. Because it's like, the year to say yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to conclude with this concept. And, and perhaps you could start to apply it now. Mm. Most of us want to win big. I'd like us to redefine the word win. W-I-N. Mm-hmm. What's important now? What's important now, mm-hmm. W-I-N And the idea really is to When you stop When you stop listening To kind of, instead of rushing to the And jumping to the next thing Kind of pause and say, what is truly Important now mm-hmm. Most of us are living Regretting the past or like, you know Obsessing about the future And we just miss the now um, and um, And we ignore the agency And the fact that we can choose To do only that which is important now. And that's how you win. Amazing. That's a great way to end us, end us off, Manda. Thank you. Lovely. So next week, we have a fantastic show. I, I'm, I'm like super chuffed about, about the conversation next week. Um, cause we're unpacking a book. Should I, should I say? No? Or we'll just reveal it when we come here. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's reveal it when we come back. But um, I, I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you you have sort of picked up something. And um, before you rush off to the next thing, please do consider what's important now. Of everything that you could be doing next, what is truly meaningful, what truly matters. Until then, God there and super lead. Cliffcentral.com.